You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. Okay, on today's show, I am joined by Ian Cummings. He covers the NFL Draft for ProFootballNetwork.com. He also covers the Washington football team for us here at Fansided as a writer for Rigo's Rag. But we're mostly going to talk about the NFL Draft. We talk about quarterbacks, you know, quarterbacks that could could fall in the first round, quarterbacks that could fall in the mid-rounds, maybe some selections that the Vikings could look at. Uh, in the third round with their one of their two selections, we also talk edge rushers, you know, who could fall to the Vikings at, at picks number 14, you know, which players would be better to choose from for the Vikings at, at 14 when it comes to edge rushers. Then we talk about receivers, you know, can is there a receiver in this year's draft that can be, you know, the Vikings' third receiver, punt returner, and kick returner? Ian gave me some some suggestions that maybe could solve this problem for the Vikings. And then lastly, we got into Ian's recent mock draft where he passed, he had the Vikings passing on, you know, former Alabama f- receiver Devonta Smith. Um, so I asked him about that, but uh, that's enough for me. So let's just get right into it. My conversation with Ian Cummings from ProFootballNetwork.com. All right, joining the show today is Ian Cummings. He covers the Washington football team for us here at Fansided as a writer for uh, RigosRag.com. But he also covers the NFL draft for ProFootballNetwork.com. Dot com. So, welcome to the show, Ian. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, first things first, before we get into some draft talk, when they finally make their decision in 2022, what would you like the Washington you know, football team's new nickname to be? Oh my God, man. That's a tough question. That is a tough question. This offseason was, um, it was interesting to cover that. Um, we had a lot of stuff going on between that and then uh, front office scandals and stuff like that. But 
with the name, man, I mean, I don't know. It was interesting because before the season, I was like, Washington football team, are you kidding me? I, I can't, I don't understand how we're going to go without a name. Like, it just doesn't make sense. But I really liked how the team kind of took to it. You know, they really owned it. And they're like, hey, we're not, we're not a random bird or whatever. We're not this or that. You know, we're just a football team. We're here to play football. And they, they really kind of uh, took on that identity and I thought grew into it. So I would honestly not be opposed to them uh, keeping that, but it looks like they're going to change it, which I think is the sensible option when it kind of fits the rest of the league. Uh, so honestly, I would say I don't have a strong preference, but just try to keep it related to the region, you know, not just something random like Red Wolves or whatever like that. <laughs> try and make it relevant. Try and make it something that the players can get on board with. You know, I would be okay with Warriors personally. I, I feel like that's something that's kind of, it, it can relate to a lot of things and you can keep the color scheme, stuff like that. So that's one of them that I think is easily translatable. Um, but that's that's not my game. I'm just I'm just here to watch them play football. And I, I thought they did better than expected last year. So whatever the name is, if if they can kind of take to it and own it and live up to it, that's it'll be good enough for me. So I'm just excited to see what they eventually settle on. Yeah, when I saw that they were stretching uh, or going to keep it until 2022, I was like, ooh, they're really trying to get rid of all that merch that they made uh, for, yeah. for the Washington football team. They got to make sure they get rid of all that. So uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what they end up with, uh, but yeah, moving on to the draft because that's you know we've been doing some some stuff for Pro Football Network. I've been doing some research on the draft recently, and I keep coming across like your draft profiles. So I'm like, I had to get this guy on. You know, he uh, seems to know what he's talking about. So uh, um, let's just start with some quarterback talk since everyone likes to talk about that. Uh, everyone knows Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one in the Jaguars. You know, some people might be like, no, he's not, but he is. Um, but between Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, uh, which one of these two quarterbacks do you think has the best chance of falling down the board and still being available after the first maybe 10 picks of the draft? Yeah, so here's the thing. I, I have them very closely ranked together. I kind of flip-flop on them every day. Like, which one do I prefer? Because I think the, the the talk about Justin Fields and him dropping has gotten a little out of hand the past few yeah. days. Like. He's been a he's been one of the top prospects for two years now. And you look at him, he has all the physical traits and you know, this stuff about not being able to read a defense, I just don't think it's there. And I do think, you know, like all rookie quarterbacks, you're gonna have some room to progress. But what you look for in a prospect is the capacity. Do they show the capacity to read the field and make those quick decisions? And he shows that. Uh so I think it's not a big concern if he has that physical talent, he can grow into it. Um Zach Wilson, meanwhile, I really like Wilson, not quite as physically talented as Fields, but he still has a strong arm. I think he still has good athleticism, not elite athleticism like Fields or Lance, but good enough to roll out and extend plays and stuff like that. That's really all you need. You don't want a statue. I also think uh, I also think that Zach Wilson is a little bit more natural off script. Uh, uh, Fields certainly has the skill set and he he has made plays there before, but Wilson is just I think a little more natural when it comes to just uh, naturally flowing out of the pocket, throwing on the run, stuff like that. It all kind of meshes together a little bit better for him. Um, and I think fields can grow into that. I do. And I think both of them read the field fairly well uh, for their age. It's just a matter of one's a little bit more natural, but one has more physical upside. So they're really close um, in terms of which one would be more likely to drop based on, again, that's, that's, th there's two sides to that. It's not just the evaluation. It's also what NFL teams think of them. And some of this buzz seems like 
it's kind of backed by NFL teams. Like it's not, it's not exactly people saying, I think fields should, should drop. It's people saying at some NFL teams have fields dropping on their boards. So because of that, I would say fields is most likely. I don't think it should happen. I think all of them should go in the top five. Personally, I think it's that good, that top heavy of a class where you have these guys that you can rely on, but uh, sometimes it's just the way it happens. So I think fields is most likely, but they're both very talented guys. Yeah, it's. I think we always we always hear like before every draft, there's there's players that people are like, oh, they're gonna fall, and I always mm-hmm. feel like maybe it's some team out there that's trying to put that out there so that they fall to them. Yeah, um, yeah. like which, you believe me, as a Washington football team fan, <laughs> I would love if Justin Fields fell to nineteen. I would love it. I don't think it's gonna happen, but no. there there is usually a little bit of truth to the buzz. So um, I've seen you know former North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance mocked pretty pretty much everywhere in the in the first round over the past few months. Um, but with no traditional scouting combine this year and him only playing in one game in 2020, you think there's a scenario where Lance might actually slip into the the second round or at least in the bottom quarter of the first round? I do not think um, maybe the bottom quarter of the first round, but that even that's an outside possibility. I mean, you look at all the teams that are searching for upgrades at quarterback this year. I mean, it's an incredibly dire situation across the league. I mean, we've seen we've seen stuff about the Vikings potentially trading Kirk Cousins, which yeah. I mean, we, we I'm not going to open that Pandora's Thank box you. right Thank now because we're talking draft. But I mean, <laughs> in my opinion, and I'm a little biased. I'm a Michigan State fan. Kirk yeah. Cousins was my favorite. Oh, he, and he he uh, went to Washington too. Or yeah, yeah, for a little so, bit. That was actually what got me started writing about them. Fun fact, mm. but you know, Kirk Cousins. I mean, you could do a lot worse too. So, but it's yeah. just it's the climate. You know, if your quarterback mm-hmm. isn't good enough, then you're going to try and do what you can to get a guy who is good enough, and that's mm-hmm. just how it is. A lot of teams are kind of moving in that direction, and you want guys who have the potential too, the athletic potential to go off script, create for themselves, not just produce within the offense as a, a facilitator. Mm-hmm. And um, looking at Trey Lance and his specific skill set. I think Lance has that has that potential. You know, you look at him, he's another elite athlete at the quarterback position. Um, he's a really aggressive runner too. Um, like I think Fields does a better job of preserving himself as a runner, but but Lance just he just barrels in the guys sometimes. It's fun to see. And he's a true competitor. You can rally around him. Also got a rocket arm too. So he has those high-end physical traits that I think would inflate his stock to a level where I don't think he gets past the top half of the first round. I don't think I don't think that's the case. And you know, maybe sometimes you see it like Lamar Jackson had that yep. elite athleticism. He fell, um, but he also had some questions surrounding mm-hmm. his throwing ability. Um, with Lance, I don't think there are those questions in terms of his upside. I think Lance has that throwing ability where he, you know, he can he can put velocity on it. He can adjust the angles. So I don't think that's a concern. I think he ultimately goes in the top half it's just a matter of who but the value of high-end quarterbacks with those traits is so inflated that they're not going to drop as far as you think yeah i think uh if he's still available maybe around like 12 or or 13 the vikings have the 14th pick and i think that's like a prime spot for a lot of teams like behind them to to try and trade up and get someone like lance Mm -hmm. because you got behind them you get like you mentioned you got Washington, you got the the Steelers are behind them, you know. And you got the 49ers at 12 to the Panthers yep. at 8. So there are a ton of quarterback needy teams out there. I, I there's so much demand. It's just a law of yeah. supply and demand. If there's not as much supply and there's a lot more demand, it's going to drive that price up and guys are going to try and trade up for their guys. So it's just it's just how it's going to happen. I feel like, you know, there's an outside chance he drops, but it the the all the factors are kind of pointing towards the opposite happening. 
Support for the Viking Age podcast is brought to you today by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, which is 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave. And is waterproof to make your shower shave, clean, and dry. So once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, so the Vikings don't have a second-round pick this year because they decided to trade for Yannick Ngakwe last year, and he lasted a whole six games with them, so that was fun. Um, but they do have two f- picks in the third round uh, this year. So do you think – is there a quarterback prospect you think maybe the Vikings could get in the third round who could potentially develop into a you know, full-time starter at the NFL level? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The, the thing with this class is, yeah, I know that wasn't a very inspiring start. Uh, but that's um, fair. It's, if there isn't, I don't want you to like, yeah, yeah, I don't want, like a like a team would in the third. Yeah, round. I don't want to force it and say, oh, Sam Ellinger, he's the next great thing, you know. Yeah. Like, and you know, I, I'll respect him where where his range is, but that's another conversation in the third round. Um, I think you're looking at guys like Kyle Trask, Davis mm-hmm. Mills, Jamie Newman, Kellen Mond. I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say these guys aren't it. I try to afford respect to the prospects because, you know, it's ultimately up to them in the situation they're in uh, to play out. But past the top five quarterbacks, past those guys, the security in this class drops off a ton. Uh, So Kellen Mond, he was super, he was pretty inconsistent his entire college career. Um, He played well in the senior bowl. That impression is going to be good for him. But again, I mean, he and he has the physical traits you want. It's just a matter of can he put it together? He didn't. And he had a lot of starting experience. So it, it begs the question, has he kind of maxed out as that inconsistent backup who who will never quite be a starter? Uh, Jamie Newman, he's a big question mark, too. Again, all the physical traits. Um, but and he had a chance to really drive his stock up. Uh, he, he transferred to Georgia. Todd Monken, offensive coordinator, could have done a lot of good things there. But instead, he opted out due to COVID. And um, at the Senior Bowl, I think he was pretty uneven as the week went on. So he didn't really get a chance to prove himself either. So he's another one of those traits, guys, where you're just straight up banking on his upside. And there's not much else to that. Davis Mills, another sort of upside guy, but less of it because he's not quite as mobile. He's more of the cerebral uh, pocket passing quarterback. Now, he has a really good arm, um, but... There are some mental inconsistencies on tape that I want to see refined. I would rather pick him in like early day three, probably. I think he'll be driven up because I think NFL teams like him um, in his style. But yeah, I don't know. And then Kyle Trask, I mean, statistically, very good. Um, But you can't just go off his stats. You look at the tape, a little immobile, you know, sometimes not always the best evader in the pocket and doesn't have a great arm either. So I feel like any of those guys, you can get them 
kind of like a Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts esque pick, you know, where mm-hmm. not really a franchise guy, uh, but maybe they can come in be a good spot starter and maybe surprise. I mean, there's always those surprises. I mean, the way Kirk Cousins came out was he was the backup to RG three, mm-hmm. and it took it took him a few years, but eventually he became a good starter. And then also Dak Prescott too in the fourth round. That's another one. So Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson too. Yeah. So you have those stories, um, but it's not something you want to bank on. I, those are the four guys. If I'm the Vikings and I'm looking for a potential succession plan to Cousins, um, those are the guys I would look for. But I, this isn't really the class to do it, to, to, to really depend on that. So Yeah, a lot of people want the Vikings to go after a quarterback prospect this year just because mm-hmm. they, they don't really like what, what's going on with Cousins. But I just don't think this is the year, you know, with. With the way Cousins' contract is currently set up, I think if he's going to do poorly this year, then then next year is probably going to be when they're going to look to get another quarterback. Because it seems like every year there's there's always, you know, a handful of quarterback prospects. Yeah, you, know, you never want to force it. That's the thing. Like no. I could, like if you're if you're if you want to move on from Cousins, like yeah, that's a decision you can make. But if you're looking at moving on from him by picking a third round quarterback this year <laughs> and just putting him in. I'm sorry, I don't think that's going to work out. So you got to be, you got to make the right decision. It can't just be the decision you want. You got to make sure you come at it from a measured approach. So I, you know, this year I don't think that's the case. There are a lot of high upside guys next year uh, that could, that could break out. Um, I know Sam Howell is a big name. Mm -hmm. Um, Carson Strong from Nevada, and there's a few other high upside guys. Tyler Show just transferred to Texas Tech, could do well there. So. A lot of guys that you you're gonna want to keep tabs on if you're Minnesota if you're looking at that quarterback that future uh, status of your quarterback situation. But this year, ultimately, if you can't get one of those top four guys in the first round, I would probably just bypass it until next year. Yeah, that's probably what's gonna happen. So um, I was looking at some some mock draft database stuff the other day, and it said that former Michigan edge rusher Quiddy Pay is uh, the prospect that has been mocked to the Vikings in the first round the most. This year, now Mike Zimmer typically likes his defensive ends to play all three downs. Um, is this something you think Pay can do as a as a rookie, or would he be better as maybe a situational pass rusher to begin his NFL career? Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually just watching Pay earlier today, so yeah. I personally, I think like there'll be a little bit of an acclimation period for him, but I really like his ability to play three downs. Um, you know, he's six four, two seventy seven. I think really good athlete really explosive off the line has insane cornering ability and pursuit speed uh so i really like that part of his game high motor um not the longest guy but he's got a lot of strength a lot of good power in his frame and watching him play i think he sets the edge well in run defense which is good if you're looking for a three down guy on those early downs i think he he has that stout base where he can stand there set the edge force guys going the other way uh, watching the Minnesota game, they ran away from him the entire time because he was just setting the edge and they, they couldn't really get around him. So they're just like, hey, we'll, we'll just go. We'll avoid him altogether. <laughs> so you'd like to see that. And then in the fourth quarter of that game, he dominated as a pass rusher. So you like to see that duality. I think that was there. Definitely a little room for refinement with his hands. Sometimes mm-hmm. after his first rush, he'll kind of get static a little bit, won't really move. Uh, but again, that's something you can develop. One thing you can't develop is the physical traits, which I think he has that in spades. So if you're the Vikings, I mean, obviously, uh, you you need pressure. I mean, they, they finished as one of the four teams under 20% yeah. pressure rate last year. So it's something they need to improve. Uh, I think Quiddy Pay is definitely a solid pick there. He's in contention for my edge one. I'm still kind of solidifying that right now, making sure. Uh, this is an edge class where a lot of these guys still have stuff they need to prove. Um, and there's some other guys too that are in that conversation. 
for the Vikings scheme, I think they're they're going to want to go with a bigger guy, a slightly bigger guy. You know, they like those DNs and the bigger range, not not like three, four OLBs mm-hmm. like Ojulari and Ronnie Perkins. You're looking at a guy like Pay or Jalen Phillips or Joseph Asai. Uh, so I would look for one of those guys. I think of that group, Pay is the best one. Uh, I definitely think again room for development. But if you're looking for a three down defensive lineman, he has all the traits you want to develop. So yeah. Yeah, I, I development isn't a problem for me because the Vikings have one of the, the best defensive line coaches in the league and Andre Patterson because he's developed guys like Daniel Hunter and, and Everson Griffin and got the yeah. most out of those guys. So I think development is not a problem for, for the Vikings when they evaluate a, an edge rusher like that. Um, you mentioned Jalen Phillips. Um, him and, and Gregory Russo are, are two other edge rushers that have been um, you know given first-round grades, both from, from Miami. Uh, with the fact that Russo hasn't played since 2019 because he decided to opt out, and then you know the fact that Phillips' only real productive season of his college career was in 2020, you know which which one of the these guys would you rather take a chance on if if you were the Vikings with the number 14th pick? Yeah, this is an interesting question too because I think you know zero sum player to player. I, I I like Phillips a little bit better. Russo gets the hype, but I Phillips I think is a little more overall a little more athletic. He's got some more refinement. I think much more refinement with his hands actually. So he's another guy who he's one of those guys who's who's going to be better if you bring him in day one. Uh, but looking at Rousseau, he's he's been one of my favorite fits for the Vikings in that situation. One because you know. The way the league is hyping him up, it seems like he won't fall very far, even if draft analysts aren't sold on his polish. You know, people are people like that long frame um, Mm -hmm. and and that initial burst that he has. And, you know, two, I think with that long frame, if he can get up to over 270, you know, maybe 275, I think he has some inside outside versatility. And in fact, a lot of his best reps came on the inside where you can just kind of go straight forward, uh, use that length and speed to power and just clear open lanes. So I think if you're looking at him as a guy, you know, looking at the Vikings, they definitely need edge, but the interior line there too isn't very mm-hmm. inspiring. So mm-hmm. if you can get a guy who can fulfill both ro- roles situationally, that could be a good thing too. So I really like that versatility on the line that Russo could provide. Um, so if you're looking at the fit with the Vikings, I feel like he's a little bit better there. But if you're just looking for a guy on the edge, someone who can come in and provide pressure right away, Phillips is the guy. It's just a matter of what you're looking for, long-term gains or, you know, short-term right now. Let's get back into contention. Um, And honestly, too, Phillips can provide that long-term upside, too, with his athleticism. But he also has some injury concerns they have to take into account. So a lot of factors going into it. I like them both for the Vikings because the Vikings just need more pass rushing help. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of what you're looking for specifically. And you're throwing out a lot of words that that the Vikings talk about a lot, like versatility and development. Yeah. So you know, you're you're hitting it real good right here. Uh, the Vikings they shifting back to the offensive side of the ball. They're in need of a a third receiver, um, a new punt returner, and a new kick returner. So is there anyone from this year's draft pool that is capable of taking over all three of these roles? Huh. You know, looking at it. Uh, I think you'd be looking in the middle round range if you want a guy. There are a few that come to mind off the top of my head. Um, looking at, you know, because you got Phelan, you got Justin Jefferson. You're good there on the outside. Yep. Getting the guy on the inside. There are a few names on day, probably round three or early round four that stand out to me. Um, I really liked Elijah Moore 
this season. I was following him game by game from Ole Miss. He's a guy who can come in and slot. Uh, super, I think, a underrated route runner. Uh, he has some deception there, but he's also quick. He's tough. He's a little undersized, but he brings all the elements you want, really consistent. Uh, I think he was one of the top producers this year. So just a guy, if you want to come in right away, provide a boost to your passing offense, he can be that. Um, Amari Rogers from Clemson, another guy who he's kind of built like a running back. He's like 5'10", or I think 5'9", 210, so he's pretty dense. Uh, he's got really good contact balance after the catch, can get those rack yards, which you obviously love to see. And he's also fast and explosive. I think he could be a decent returner if you put him in that role. Um, he's one of my favorite stories in the class because he suffered a major injury, I think, in spring training a few a few years ago, and he came back for the for the season. Uh, so he he's a he's a hard worker off the field, a really good really good player, and just a really good guy too. So if you're if you're the Vikings searching for that culture piece, who can also be multifaceted, there's a guy that you could get. And then one more I'll throw out there, Dwayne Eskridge, Western Michigan. Yep. Uh, we saw him at the Senior Bowl, and he was just burning guys all day, you know, all week. He, he's got insane explosiveness and speed. Again, a little undersized, um, but he was really good in Matt competition. And the fun thing about him is he, I think he switched to slot cornerback for one year for Western Michigan and actually played very well. Just, you know, picking up slot cornerback <laughs> just like that. You know, who does Mike Zimmer that? would love that. Yeah, exactly. You know, get that, that trans positional versatility yeah. offense defense going back to high school. But um, yeah, so he's um he's gonna play wide receiver at the NFL, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he's one of those guys. You know, one of the reasons he was able to translate so well is because he's a elite athlete with the speed and explosiveness you want in that role, and he's also a really good kick returner, punt returner. So if you're looking for that special teams. I think he gives you that dimension the, the most out of these three guys. And there's a few other guys you could throw in there too. If you're looking in the, obviously this might be a reach in the third round. I don't think he'll be there. Maybe Kadarius Tony. I think mm -hmm. he's more of a second round pick, maybe even sneaking into the plate first. It depends Florida. on how. Uh, yeah, from Florida. Yeah, he's got crazy. I've seen he's getting Percy Harvin comparisons. Yeah, so, yeah. He's um he's one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you want to see for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, explosive bounces off of guys, you know, makes guys miss. So all all the stuff there. Um, he's another one. Um, I'm trying to think of any more. Those are the three that come to mind quickest: Rogers, Elijah Moore, and then Dwayne Eskridge. If you're the Vikings searching for a slot guy who can provide some returnability too, uh, those are three that really make sense. Yeah, the Vikings need something because their punt return last year averages. Average like three yards of pun return, so they, that's not good. No, <laughs> they need they need <laughs> something else, and they drafted KJ Osborne last year, and he was supposed to be the guy to to fix yeah. all that, and he just didn't do that. <laughs> um, so so we'll close out with this. You posted a three round mock draft the other day on Pro Football Network. Uh, listeners, go check that out if you haven't already. Um, and you have the Vikings passing on former Alabama receiver Devonta Smith to select former Alabama defensive tackle. Christian Barmore. Um, why do you believe Minnesota would pass up the opportunity to add someone like Devonta Smith to their roster if he's available at uh, 14th pick? Yeah, that was a that was a tough decision for me personally. Um, and it's a mock draft again, yeah. so yeah. you know, like I'll I'll do probably one or two more this off season. And it's more about it's not so much about predicting what's going to happen but about running through different scenarios and possibilities. So, you know, maybe a hundred mock drafts, maybe 37 of them, I picked Devonte Smith and right. 
39 of them I picked Barmore. But yeah, um, that one, I think my decision, my, my thought process there was this is a very deep receiver class. And if you're Minnesota, you've already got Thielen and Jefferson in there. I think good. you can, I think you can wait a little bit personally. And I think Chad Beebe, uh, I don't know how Vikings feel, fans feel about him. Uh, I, I, okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll back it up. We'll back it up. But yeah, I, I, think I mean, that, yeah, he's, he's, he's all right, but he's not uh, he's a staff. People, right? people have their opinions about him. I got you. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, I just remember seeing him make a few plays last he year. He did. He made, he made, he made a, he had a game winning touchdown catch last year and, yeah. and, uh, he had another touchdown catch against the Lions, I think too. So he makes plays. He's been hurt a lot, uh, during his career. I got you. Um, but for some reason, just like anytime the Vikings give him a specific role, like if he's, they want him to be the third receiver, he can't live up to that, but then he'll be uh-huh. good as like the fourth receiver. So, yeah. But yeah, but 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 back to Devonta Smith. Yeah, exactly. Like if you if you can choose between Devonta Smith and Chad Beebe, yeah, <laughs> the choice is pretty easy, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, just the thought process there was it is a deep receiver class, and like I said, you can get some of those guys like Eskridge or Rogers or more mm-hmm. on on day two if you want, and you have two third round picks, so that's a really good spot to pick one of those guys mm-hmm. if one of them is available. Um, and obviously none of them match up quite match up to Devonte smith Devonte smith is one of the top three receivers in this class i mean i i put him up there with jamar chase and jalen waddle um and rashad bateman's up there too but all of those guys are kind of in a tier above the rest um so obviously if you're minnesota oh, you put bateman up there really yeah bateman, bateman's a guy who i don't know i he's I, I need to watch a little bit more of him personally i've watched more of chase and, and waddle but bateman is a guy a lot of the draft guys i talk to they really love him they say he's hmm maybe the most pro ready receiver in the draft with route running ability. And he's got good size too. So there's a lot there. Um, if I'm the Vikings though, I'd go with a guy like Smith or Waddle probably, or just for that fit. But, you know, going back to the decision at hand at 14, I look at the receiver class being deeper, uh, the interior defensive line class, not as deep. And that's a position they really need. And Christian Barmore is a guy who, you know, six, five, three, ten. I think super athletic has clubs for hands. He just bashes guys on the interior line. And, you know, he, he, he started the year off a little slow in 2020, but he was dealing with an injury. Um, and once he got healthy, he took off. Uh, we saw late in the year, the college football playoffs, he was wrecking guys week in and week out. So he's one of those high upside guys. You know, you look at the Alabama pipeline, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, guys like that, um, guys who, come into the league and immediately come in as contributors and have that high upside too. looking at what the Vikings really lacked on the interior. I think Barmore could provide that. And with that young secondary too, you can help them grow quicker by adding more utility on the defensive line. It's kind of a symbiotic relationship. Um, so I think that that was what went into the decision for me. Barmore, I think is uh, head and shoulders, the top interior defensive lineman in the class, a lot of upside. And yeah, it hurts the pass on Devontae, but I think you can get a guy who who suits your needs at receiver on day two and maybe even double dip at day three just to just to get as many swings in as you can and, and try and, you know, use the volume to solve that. You know, so it's it's just one of those decisions where I think the defensive line is uh, is a priority. So Yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot because I actually would rather have them select uh, Christian Barrymore than Devonta Smith because... You know, as much as Vikings fans would love to see Devonta Smith on the roster, their offensive scheme, you know, he just 
doesn't work for them to have three, you know, top receivers. You know, yeah, maybe they could they try to don't they get like two tight end sets in there a yeah, lot? Yeah, two tight ends, you got yeah. Delvin Cook in there, you got a fullback, like mm-hmm. it's not meant for three receiver sets every, you know, every first down, like maybe someone like the, the Rams or the Chiefs run. Um so as much as I think people would love to see Smith on the Vikings, I just don't think it's realistic. And if he goes at 14, that means that 13 other teams have passed on him too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, and he's been falling. I feel like in mock drafts recently, I think Daniel Jeremiah kind of like made this more open to the public and made people realize how much, you know, he's, he's actually falling in mock drafts. Um, why? Why do you think? Why do you think that is? Because so, someone like Jamar Chase is going ahead of him, and he didn't even play last yeah. year. And, and Smith is coming off a, a Heisman Trophy season. I think the weight is the big sticking point. Weight, really? Yeah, because we're looking at him. He's weighing in at like I think close to one seventy. I think he weighed one seventy five at the Senior Bowl. That's all he did. He did okay. weigh ins at the Senior Bowl. That's it, and interviews and stuff like that. So, you know, you look at the College State. People know he can gain weight, right? Yeah, yeah, you can, you know, <laughs> yeah. You, of course, you can gain weight, but you're looking at—I mean, NFL weight. If you're trying to get yeah, up to yeah, yeah. 190, tacking on 15, that might sap a little bit of his athleticism. So, Randy Moss is pretty good. He was a—he was a, a stick, yeah, himself. So, you know, I think he was around like one. Uh, I don't want to put myself on the spot right now, but I think he was. was he around, I don't remember what he was coming out of the draft, but I know he was not very. Uh, he I gotta a, look this up now, man. Thick, he was. He's he measures in at two ten, but I don't think he was two ten when he came into the league. Um, was he one seventy? Uh, I uh, he's six four, so I, that might be a little too thin. Maybe <laughs> maybe closer to maybe one ninety, one eighty five. I feel like, but he's yeah. he was not two ten when uh, he came into the league. I can tell you that. But that's interesting, though, that you say that that weight is is you know probably a, a pretty big factor in him him yeah, falling. Right. And you look at like the other top receivers, like Jamar Chase. I feel like his weight, because he's over 200, mm-hmm. his weight helps him a little bit more after the catch, grind out those tough yards. It doesn't always help Smith. Now on college tape, it never hurts Smith. I mean, right. he's, he's immaculate. You know, he is awesome route runner, can can extend for those catches, acrobatic athlete. You know, there's really not a lot to not a lot of sticking points, but when it's this close and when you're splitting hairs with guys like this, the weight ultimately is what kind of brings it down you know it's kind of the deciding factor so that might be what's causing him to slip again he's a first round pick no question it's yeah. just a matter of where they go so yeah all right good stuff man uh thanks for for hopping on today's show uh where can people find you on twitter to to follow your stuff yeah if you want to follow me uh it's at ian underscore cummings underscore nine i'll be i'll be pushing out more draft content uh for the for PFN in the coming days. I, I actually just finished a couple profiles, one on safety, Andre Cisco, and wide receiver, Diamond Brown. Yeah, Syracuse, you know it. I'm from I'm from that area, so I, nice. I'm, I'm very he's aware of, of Cisco. He's, he's, he's the good. fourth he's the fourth best prospect in that secondary though. <laughs> Syracuse football isn't uh isn't the greatest in the world, but you know they got yeah. some they've had some some good players come out of there. Yeah for sure. And then Diami Brown, he's actually He's actually one I would probably mention for the Vikings too on, on day on day two, but from North Carolina, a super fast guy, dynamic. But I, I have a thread pinned to my profile with some with some draft profiles you can look at, and I'll keep adding to it as the offseason progresses. And there'll be more to write about. So yeah. that's where you can find me. And um, yeah, so 
for sure. Go, go no, check that out, everyone. He's on. No on Kirk Hogan. Cousins slander though, because I, I I'm <laughs> oh. biased, man. I will. I, I won't. I won't react well to that. I can't, man. Good, good. I'm gonna have to have you back on then to talk about Kirk Cousins because <laughs> today apparently he's the emperor of uh, garbage time. That's uh, actually that was on that's on your site. <laughs> oh, well, uh, it's not surprising. Not surprising. Uh, Washington, Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Tanier or whatever. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He he called Kirk Cousins the emperor of of garbage time on on Pro Football Network. So yeah, I know. You know, that's, I can I can respect someone's opinion, so I'm not going to throw him under the bus or anything. But yeah. I also maybe maybe had a rebuttal on on the Viking Age that maybe dissected his his viewpoint a little bit more kind of yeah. try to defend Kirk Cousins but uh I don't, I, hey I'll, I'll back you up there man I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to put you in a bad I, spot I'm biased so you're hitching your wagon to a yeah. horse I all mean. right then then we're definitely gonna have to have you back on and talk because <laughs> there's a lot of slander every every week he's it's something new with you know Kirk Cousins whether he's in a a bad commercial or he's Grilling yeah. weird or whatever. So oh, believe me, Washington fans after he left, they have this <laughs> weird, this weird hatred of him. Like, guys, he's been gone for three years. <laughs> no, he's still the worst thing that's ever happened. Oh, yeah. wow. it's, it's weird. It's weird. All right. Cool, man. Uh so follow him on Twitter. Make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Uh subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but until next time, we will talk to you later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.